This week's episode is brought to you by Gear Chronicle, a claim that can travel through time, both forwards and backwards. Gear Chronicle. My mouth tastes like... Backwards. Welcome to Nexus at Night. Uh, the air conditioning is on, and if you hear it in the background, fuck you. It's really hot. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. Sorry, I'm Root Beer. And I'm Mr. Time Leap. Welcome to the show, Mr. Time Leap. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Um, so today we are doing uh, the next in our series of premium profiles for all of the clans in Vanguard, where we get uh, you know, an expert of uh, that clan, and we talk about how it works in premium. Maybe a little bit about its history. There is zero consistency to this series, so it varies from episode to episode. We'll see how it goes. How are you, sir? Um, I'm quite good. It's quite hot, as you mentioned. I mean, the world is probably on fire at this point, but I think it's fine. I'm good, I'm good as it is. Yeah, the AC is on. It's uh, it's good enough. Um, so Gear Chronicle, the uh, the steampunk aesthetic clan uh that is all about stuff like ne- they never really quite uh picked a direction they always kind of spin off into different things based on what era it is yeah it's basically a clan that focuses on time manipulation either it's going t- uh, forward in time or going backwards in uh, backwards in time back in time um so how did you get into gear chronicle um, well, actually, it was uh, quite a uh, fun uh, interaction because I actually wanted to play Aquaforce, but at the time that I started playing Vanguard, it was mid-Jira, early days of Time Leap, and I didn't know about how packs works and that you needed to buy certain packs with clans, and I just bought a random pack, and it didn't have any Aquaforce cards in it, and I opened one that showed a Gear Chronicle card with steampunk aesthetics, and I found the artwork really, really nice. And I thought, hmm, I'm interested in this clan. And basically from that point onward, I uh, start uh, delching myself into uh, the Gear Chronicle clan. Nice. That's cool. Nice. I, I was really uh, close to playing Gear Chronicle at the end of Giera because I thought a heritage was really sweet. <laughs> and I was like, man, I want to play that card. <laughs> it but it I... was a real sweet card, yeah. <laughs> But I resisted. <laughs> Why? Why did you resist? Because uh, it's expensive. That that yeah. will do it. See, Fair enough. Every <laughs> time I tried to play Chron- your Chronicle, I always did stupid things like trying to play Chrono Fang. You didn't even try to play Idea Drones. That was the worst part. Well, it depends on when you try to play Idea Drones. There was a time when the deck actually was viable and you could play in a competitive level, but you need to have, like, a next-level brain power to do that. Was it, like, right after the Gears of Fate uh, No, set? no, 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 oh, no. it was that, way before that? that? that yeah, no, later, later, later. Because at the oh. time that that set came out, the, that, the deck was dead. Because it you had Demiurge, but you need to have 12 different ZTBs in your bind zone, oh, but the game yeah. over. We only had 12 ZTB, so that was impossible. <laughs> it, it, it was basically just before Zero of Dragons became a thing. Then that was the perfect time for actually that deck. That's funny. Zero of Dragons <laughs> and like GBT yeah. 13 and 14, that, that's when everything went off the goddamn rails. For oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, 
I also will always remember the game Chris and Ash had. Oh, I remember that game. Oh. What happened? It was a Gears Mirror match between Chrono Fang and Chrono Jet. And oh, Chris just pulled two crits at three damage and ended it first stride. Completely anticlimactically. <laughs> well, I think, I think I've heard this story before. But it, it's so typical. It's so typical uh, Gear Chronicle protagonist style. <laughs> well, it's not, it's, it's not just mm-hmm. him. Chris is like this legendary luck. We have an episode devoted to him. It's called The Luck of the Sackish, if you want to uh, get some more details on that. Because that, that man is like a walking four-leaf clover. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gear Chronicle uh, originally started with the advent of Strides and Giera, right? Yeah. And yeah. The, what, what did they start out as when they first came out? Well, the, uh, interesting enough, the whole Stride mechanic originates from Gear Chronicle. It, it, it's basically they introduced it in, in the game, so anybody that's happy with G and Strides... You, uh, you're welcome, but uh, <laughs> but the main mechanic at the beginning of Gear for Gear Chronicle was quite uh, awkward because it was all about uh, rewinding units. So you bought deck rearguard from your opponent's side to the field to the bottom of their deck, and while that is some form of control, it isn't actually a hard minus because they can still get it back because a lot of decks could just search out specific units. So next turn, it's just back there on the field again. So it was an interesting mechanic, but not really that powerful. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was a uh, time leap, right? Yeah, yeah. After that, uh, then we start going into the time leap era. Because the, we had a middle section be, right before that. That's when we got uh, Next Stage introduced, and then suddenly Gear Chronicle was actually starting to do something. GBT before Next Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because before that set, Gear Chronicle was basically a laughing clan as it was just not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then once that card hits, everyone's like, oh, oh shit, Gear Chronicle actually d- does something. And then the next set, we've got the Elite Four coming down with the new trial deck where Metallica Phoenix and. The rest is history. Because <laughs> like... yeah, there was a a gap. Like I remember Next Stage coming out, and the price of Next Stage being fairly high when it first came out, then just dropping. And then pretty much like right about when G Guards were coming out, it just started skyrocketing to where it was like a hundred dollar card or or pretty close to that. Like it was like there was like this window where you could buy Next Stages vaguely cheaply. <laughs> Oh, I've never experienced that <laughs> moment because I started playing Vanguard around the time that Timely became a thing. And mm. when I start actually learning about, oh, this is actually a competitive deck because I didn't know that Gear Chronicle was the top dog at the time. <laughs> and I start looking up these cards and I was like so confused because Next Stage was like 80 bucks a, a pop. And I was like, what is this nonsense? And then a card like Melon, $20 a piece. While at the time I thought Melon was a bad card, not knowing about the whole combo. Oh god, we have to. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, continue. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that as you explained, that was like a really, really hard time for players to get into Gear Chronicle because the decks was, I think, around six hundred, seven hundred dollars to complete mm-hmm. it to actually make it viable. Yeah. yeah, it was so much. Yeah, I think that particular era of Vanguard was probably the most expensive that the game had been. 
Well, yes. especially yep. when the clan booster for Aqua Force. I know this is a law topic, but clan booster for Aqua Force, where you needed four of the uh, GR in there. You needed four if you wanted to play. Uh, you needed four amnesties if you wanted to play Link Choker. You needed four next stages if you want to play Gear Chronicle. Yeah, because there were all those Persona flips at the time with GRs. Mm-hmm. And they were just a million dollars. Yeah, it was really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine now having VRs that need a second copy to actually use their basic skills. <laughs> Just imagine it. That was always, That's one thing that uh, people criticized about Strides in general was because if it, because a lot of the things were like, flip up a copy of this card. Um, which was good for like preventing spamming because you only get two times to use the ability. Uh, it like really fucked over people's wallets. That's why like it, it later in Giera you had strides that are just like just turn anything face up. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think Bushrod apologized at some point for the whole GR debacle, and that's why you see all those generic flip skills from that point onwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. more importantly, reprinting most of those GRs as rares. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. True. <laughs> but they were still annoying to find. Like Amnesty was like mm-hmm. a rare, but it was still a pain. Uh, yeah, same like next stage in the clan booster. It was a rare, but there were only like four copies per case. Yeah, but true. it still was a rare. Mm-hmm. It, like I remember when the whole amnesty thing came out. TCG player because it was technically a rare. TCG player listed it as like a dollar or less, and uh, Richard of Nexus Tour uh, bought out like I want to say a hundred of them. It was like, <laughs> Whoa! And of course, but then TCG player caught on to what was going on. They're like, sorry. We don't have the stock. Here's here's like six, and he's like, "Okay, cool. Still got six of them for six bucks." <laughs> wow, they, I'm surprised that it just didn't cancel the entire order outright. That's what I thought was gonna happen too, but I think because he had pre-ordered them, they were just like, ah, "Fuck, I guess so." Well, best <laughs> investment ever. It's, yeah. it's really hard to get mad when you get six for six bucks. Yeah, it's just yeah. like I got away with it. Well, because like, he doesn't even play Link Joker. He was just doing it for the cash, and it worked out for him. So, it's true. Hooray for Richard. Uh, but yeah, so Time Leap, and then why don't we talk about uh, Melum and her her gang for a little bit? Yeah, because uh, the interesting thing, though, uh, Gear Chronicles best known for the Elite Four, aka Time Leap, which also is a derivative of my uh, online persona, Mr. Time Leap. And um, basically what it is, is it's a combo of four specific cards that interact in such a way that was revolutionary for Vanguard at the time. Because you could multi-attack, change mid-battle, work around the defensive triggers, but at the same time you do that, you plus, you can deck filter, and it costs maybe one or two counterblasts to attack for seven, eight times. That was unheard of at the early days of the Jira. And probably a good reason why a lot of people have PTSD when you say Gear Chronicle Time Leap to some old Jira players. And the reason how it works is basically it manipulates the Time Leap mechanic. And to give an example, explanation for people that aren't aware what Time Leap is, it basically allows you to uh, to change a unit and then put it, put it into the bind zone and get a unit from your deck, which is one grade up. So if you Time Leap a grade one, you can fetch a grade two from your deck. And if you time leap a grade two, you can fetch a grade three, et cetera, et cetera. You cannot go higher from your max grade. So at the time, grade three was your max, but we had cards that could change their grade back to zero. So you could redo the whole loop. 
And what you then have the option is that you could basically chain a Malum into a great zero, which then could time leap you back into another card, which then could fetch you back the Malum. And that you could loop like a couple of times for each counter blast that you had. Well, because that was. Melum was a 7k grade 1 that after she attacked, you would put her back in deck, so like a reverse time leap almost, and yes. uh, get a grade 0 rested. And the grade 0 yes. you would be getting was a, a starter named TikTok Worker, right? That's two of the yeah. Elite Four yeah. so far? Yes. Yeah, you, you either had TikTok or you could go into Urvatar depending on what your combo is going to be. Mm, Urvatar was the stand trigger where it was like when it's bound, you put it back in deck, draw two, and put one back? Yes. Okay. So you could basically filter triggers from your hand back into your deck and get key pieces that you need in your hand. Mm -hmm. So that's three. What's the fourth? Uh, the fourth one is History Maker. And I, ironically, this is a trial deck card. So this card mm -hmm. basically allows you to unattack. So this uh, unattack to time leap any unit onto the board. And what was interesting about this card is that it allows us to time leap mid-battle. So this facilitate the whole multi-tech strategy. But also this card was something quite unique at the time because it was a great tool that on attack does something for a counter blast, but it didn't need to attack the Vanguard if I remember correctly, but it also didn't need to be boosted. And all the most powerful cards at the time were Ember clones, which had the restriction mm -hmm. that it needs to be boosted, attacking the Vanguard, and it cost a counter blast. This basically had none of those restrictions. So you had a lot of options to your disposal to do this combo. Mm-hmm. It was like almost a second generation Amber clone because Steam Knight Amber was again Gear Chronicle. So a lot of these like clones that you hear about from G era are get their start in Gear Chronicle. Amber was on attack at Vanguard, Counterblast, bottom deck, rear guard, and like Mister Time Leap just said, if you're attacking anything, you don't need to be boosted. You just get a time leap, which yeah. is so much better. Holy shit. Uh, History Maker does have to attack Vanguard. Oh. It, it does have to attack Vanguard? Okay, okay. Never mind. Thank you. But even then, it was... The fact that you don't have to be... Don't have to boost it allows you to basically use those back row spots to put there, a TikTok there or an Uratar or something that you want to time leap without basically mm -hmm. interfering with your combo, which was a mm -hmm. huge yeah. plus. Also, uh, another important thing is that Melum gained power when she attacked, so she could yeah. hit a Vanguard unboosted. I think Melum is one of those first combos at the time that started doing the 11 pokes. And mm -hmm. at the time, Vanguards were 11k base because 12 and 13k wasn't the, t wasn't the thing in the Jira. So you could always hit your opponent for 11, 11, 11, 11. If, and if they didn't get a defensive trigger, you could basically go put somebody from one damage all the way up to six and win the game. And the crazy part about uh, the whole time leap aesthetic is because we could time leap mid-battle and do all these combo plays, even if our opponent... Uh, would get a defensive trigger somewhere mid-combo, we could then say, okay, we're not going to go for an 11k poke, we're just going to build an entire column, and we're going to swing for 19k and still pressure you one more card from your hand, or you're yeah. going to take another damage. Like, which uh, was insane. Well, especially because mm -hmm. with Melum, her skill was like, at the end of the battle, the putting her back in deck to get the uh, grade 0, and TikTok worker's ability that at the end of the battle that something else attacked, you put it in and sold a time leap, the thing, for some reason... Bushiroad allowed you to both use Melum's skill and TikTok Worker's skill because yeah. Melum putting herself back in deck was not a cost. So you're like, all right, I'm going to. I choose to activate her effect, which is getting the 4K so she can hit Vanguard. Also, that skill is active. Then, end of battle, TikTok time leaps her into a grade 2, and Melum gets a grade 0. Yep. 
because go fuck yourself. I don't know why they did that. Well, well also, yeah. not not only that interaction, because the way how it worked is uh, Melam is some, one of those special cases where you have a skill that then activates a delayed trigger, which then goes, goes onto the stack of the game, and then somewhere later down the line, it resolves no matter what the scenario is. Mm -hmm. This then led to uh, cases where even if you went up against Kagero or Ling Joker or something that could retire mid-battle with G-Guards or something, they could remove the Melum, but you still would get the search off for the Great Zero because that skill is still in the game. It's not bound mm -hmm. to the Melum. Which was crazy against certain things like the Nile Griffin or the locking of Link Joker. Yeah. Though granted, depending on the player you're facing, if they're smart about it, they could get more value that the fact that you get a grid zero onto the board. Like Link Joker could then lock that grid zero later, or the Kagero player could use the grade one guardian that could retire at the end of the battle a unit that's resting. So you could basically snipe the grid zero that you just fetched out of the deck and retire it. Like a boss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the like this was in an era where this deck and Grain Blue had its own kind of thing going on where it was doing a like a crazy multi attack thing that could kind of skirt around the opponent's mm -hmm. plays. And if you want to hear more about this, we have a Grand Blue premium profile with Commander Jaime, if you want to hear more about that. But the point is that like this was such a like fast pace end on first stride era of the game that a lot of my friends that and a lot of our friends at UCR quit during this era. Yeah. I, well, so what's interesting is like this, I think both Grand Blue and Gear Chronicle were in incredibly difficult decks to play. Yes. Like, oh yeah, definitely. They, they were both super hard and Gear Chronicle got even more hard after Gears of Fate when you got a what, delayed blazer. Uh, oh, I love that card. It's so fun. <laughs> and like you, the the comparison between like like I I don't remember what I was playing. I think I was playing a lot of Tachikaze at this point because I I really like Dogma and I was playing like some uh, I don't know. But like I felt like games were winnable. But man, there was like I I remember these games against Gear Chronicle. Where my opponent would just be like. Oh, I'm just gonna like send Urwatar like fifty thousand times, and I'm gonna have eight thousand cards in hand, <laughs> and I'm just like, please mm -hmm. stop. <laughs> yeah, and I think like the best competition at the time was Sankguard because Sankguard was just a little bit faster. Yeah, or I mean, what end? <laughs> what ended up being was like seven C's ruining it for everybody. Yeah. Well, not even that. This is uh, right before Odysseus showed up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Odysseus yeah, the first. Two, the Grade 2 rush. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So before Ripples ruined everything for everybody. But Grand Blue, or Night Rose didn't really exist at this point yet. Yeah. Because no. that was after... I think at this time it was Gears. Angel Feather and Gears. It was yeah. no... I think uh, the Nurse of Broken Heart, right? Yeah. No CL. Yeah, no CL Heart, also. Refros. Yeah. Oh, I hate that deck. I hate that deck. <laughs> I don't like watching my opponent have fun while I have to sit there and watch them have fun. It's not okay. Mid-Gira <laughs> was a time of decks that took a lot of skill to play and also took forever to do their turn. I think Gira, that time of Gira was our closest to Yu-Gi-Oh! to some extent, as those turns were very similar. Long, drawn-out turns, a lot of things happening while your opponent is just sitting there watching until they can play. Yeah. Well, at least in Yu-Gi-Oh's case, you can have stuff like hand traps or negate set up. This is like... <sighs> okay, so I, I know you're going to, like, kick my teeth in in about 
half an hour. Can I like go get a soda, come back while you're doing this? Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that keeps going on, and then eventually, like, what put an end to that era? You think? Um, basically, Bush wrote telling us, no, you're not allowed to play with Time Leap anymore, because uh, th- this wasn't really something that happened gradually, as once Gears of Fate came out, that, that set basically divided the clan. We had the good Time Leap support, like Matt pointed out with the late Blazer, Gear Grew, he was also in that set. Uh, Fang finally became a solid deck after that set. It was not gr- It was not meta, but it was definitely pretty solid. Uh, but that set also introduced the ZTB cards with also the ZTB trial deck, which incidentally also gave us Chronojet Dragon G, which was one of the best great freeze for the Time Leap deck. And um, But after that time, we saw that Bushroad start banning or limiting more cards for Gear Chronicle. Ur- uh, Uratar was set to one. TikTok Worker was, uh, I believe, set to one and not as a starter. We also uh, eventually got a limitation on Hate Around, which didn't really do that much as getting it to two copies was i think good enough one copy in your deck was also pretty fine as japan had that at that limitation but the other thing that changed was that with those bands we also got only very ct uh, ztb xenophobic support as mm-hmm. after that set we got the Luard set, which also introduced the first ctb strides which only could work with ctbs and then every single set only introduced ZTB cards, and we did have some generic support, but those generic supports didn't really work with Timely at all and mm. just didn't help the deck at all. So the Timely deck basically, ironically, was stopped in time. It, it stayed the <laughs> same for like... <laughs> it stayed the same for almost a year. And even though Gear Chronicle got all this support, as everybody know, in the GRA Gear Chronicle, oh, a new set, Gear Chronicle's going to get support. Even though that was the case, the deck hardly changed, and it still was relevant, as, as I explained, the deck was way beyond its time. And then around the VBT-11, that where Dumjit was introduced with Siegenberg, that was the switch where Gear Chronicle suddenly turned into a ZTB deck, and that's when we actually got good ZTB cards where we could say, okay, this deck is now either on par with Time Leap or could be a little bit better. Granted, there were still people stuck into the past because they still wanted to mix mm-hmm. the Time Leap deck with the ZTB engine. I personally was never a fan of that concept because it just lacked the consistency which I really liked about Gear Chronicle. Either ZTB or Pure Time Leap, those decks were super consistent and that what makes them powerful. Mixing them did, just didn't really feel right for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so... I think I it remember... was like... Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember... I think it was like when you guys got Avenir Phoenix, maybe, that ZTB started coming into its own. Yeah, that was GPT-11. Yeah, yeah. That was GPT-11, because before Avenir Phoenix, the only stride that we had was Gear Groovy, but that didn't really change a mm-hmm. lot. But the stride that we had in GPT-9, that was the only Z- uh, ZTB stride, was Split Pegasus. Yes, Split Pegasus was good, but Split Pegasus on its own didn't really do anything because it needed the pieces to actually search. At the time, our grade 2 or grade 3 choices were either the Trollic cards, which were absolutely trash, and we had Urningen, the card that could time leap itself if you drove check a great free mid during your drive checks, which was fine, but not amazing. But when GPT-11 came out, not only, as you said, we got Evernir Phoenix, which was a solid finisher or mid-stride, 
Well, we also got uh, Cruising Dragon and Transit Dragon. And those two cards made Split Pegasus go from a zero all the way up to 100. Because that was super draw power. There's also mm -hmm. a card hanging in the background that meant that was really, really a good ZT. I remember being a good ZTB card. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. You can correct me on this. Was a the Hi Hypnosis Sheep? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's Absol absolutely. That card was a common in the same set with with Luart. That card blew up with GBT11 as well because GBT11 gave us good solid restanders like Cruising Dragon. Once again, on attack we could draw, so we had a good unit to restand, but also we could generate numbers because our attackers were suddenly 12k, which then could get more buffs because of Split Pegasus. So suddenly restanding a unit would actually mean something as they could hit on their own and then restand with a booster behind it or something. And then it became even better with a set afterwards in uh, GBT12. As that, mm -hmm. then we had split unicorn, if I remember correctly, and that allowed us to do a mini loop, which was almost as powerful in some regards, powerful than more powerful than time leap, as we could keep attacking with a 60k unit, restand it, and every time it attacked, we could superior call a unit from the top of the deck, and this way we could keep multi attacking with units in the front row. And because we used uh, Chronojet G, those units got like five to six k power on top of their 12k base, so you could hit over defensive triggers no problem. Which was pretty good. I love how happy you're getting. Well, <laughs> you're like, this is amazing. Well, the, the reason why did, did, this was probably my most enjoyable time of playing Vanguard ever, because before CTB became uh, CTB became a thing, I was playing Tiny, which was a really fun deck. But I didn't build the deck myself. It was basically looking online, how did you play it? People explaining me how the combos work, and I didn't really feel like I I. Uh, I did something. I didn't really feel satisfied with it. And once uh, this set came out, VBT11, then that's when the moment where I'm like, okay, I'm going to try building ZTB because I have a feeling I didn't know about uh, anything from what Japan had figured out because I thought Japan wasn't sold about ZTB even though they had VBT11. But I thought there is something here. I think we can build a deck and we can make it work. And ironically, I'm, uh, when I got the card and I built the deck, I was playing against a friend of mine, which was also a world championship uh, player. Maybe you know the name Lubo Chen. That he was twice, went to Worlds twice in a row and was also finished third place. So he was quite a seasonal player and he really knew what, he's, what he uh, was doing. And playing against him was always a pain because he was always beating my ass. <laughs> and <laughs> when I tried out this deck against him, um, and it was a day before we had the first shop challenge because shop challenges were new at this time, he beat my ass like 5-0. I couldn't really, I couldn't dent him at all. And I was playing the, this new ZTB deck, and I was just so confused as a, after these five matches. What did I wrong? What What's going on here? And he just keep beating me in uh, to give an, um, uh, some in information. He was playing uh, Sanctuary Guard uh, Blaster, so the typical Royal Paladin deck. And next day, we had this shop challenge. And this was the first shop challenge when Bushiroad announced this whole new circuit. So it was new for everybody. And we had one in Rotterdam, which is basically the competitive hub of the Netherlands. These are, here are the best players you can find in our country. And everybody was attending him, him, him as well. So I, my work was cut out for me at this tournament. And for some reason, I kept with the same deck that I piloted that day where he beat me 5-0. But I managed to take that deck all the way to the finals, which in the semifinals I had to fight against him again, beat him 
2-1 and then eventually won the entire shop ch challenge and managed to get the shop challenge title and then the buys for the regional at the time. And ironically, I didn't change the deck at all. For some reason, the night after that, that he beat me, I got a, like a click. Somewhere in my mind, it was like, this is how the deck is supposed to be played. This is how I need to do it. And now I know how to play it. Like literally what they say in the anime, get your image, your imagination or your image. <laughs> Winning image. Literally that happened. It was yeah. like, holy crap. Do you like Nexus at night? Do you like how we constantly go off topic about everything? Like everything? Well, then have we got something for you. We have a bonus show now called Nexus Tangents, uh, which is available through our uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash nexus at night. At our $5 tier, you get a weekly bonus show with me, Matt, and Root Beer, as well as any other guests we happen to find, because uh, that's a thing. Anyways, here's a quick taste. I guess it's better than that time in high school where everyone called me Tim for no reason. Oh my god, story time? <laughs> it's a short story, but like, oh. in my 10th grade biology class, the biology teacher would just constantly call me Tim, because she thought I looked like a Tim. What? What does that mean? Okay, that's it. Can we? <laughs> yes. Can we have? Can, we, can I have a discussion here? Whenever <laughs> people say I thought you looked like a blank, what do they mean exactly? Like, is there like a common profile of a Tim that we're supposed to be like imagining? Like, yeah. What do people the, mean by that? The point of Tim is that it's a common name. It can be anybody. Yeah. Like, like I, what, what What would make somebody look like a Tim rather than looking like a, you know, Matt? Paul or Matt, yeah. Um, like, what would be the... I mean, okay, I associate the name Tim with, like a, like, a lanky guy, like a skinny guy. Why? I don't know. There's lots of other cool stuff on our Patreon, and there will be more in the future, so check it out if you uh, want to help us produce the show and, like, pay for new equipment and stuff, and be super helpful, because we love you. Okay, back to the show. Set and actually becoming ZTV uh, uh, meta or top tier, and that was Team Tamer Arca, the ZTV PG that came oh, out yeah. in the, <laughs> that came out in the Tri Three set. This is this is so unremarkable how that card blew up because when that set came out, the thing was fifty cents, and I had a friend of mine that was like, "I'm gonna buy a bunch of them because mark my words, they're gonna be expensive." Well, he got a lot of money off that one. Yeah, Holy cut crap. to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so this was in, uh, like, near the end of Giera. We started getting perfect guards that not only did perfect guard things, but they either recycled themselves or they got you some form of advantage off of it. Arca, her being you, uh, what is it, you, you bind... You bind you bind a ZTB trigger and another copy of her and then you can fetch one from the drop zone back into your hand. You need to bind them from the drop zone. Yeah. So that was that was like super important near the end when like we had these huge like gargantuan attacks coming in at us. Being able to search or recycle your perfect guards became very important. Yeah, I'm gonna blame S Rus for that. I mean it's definitely only Wards part that, that became a staple at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the like Look, I, I, I forgot what it looked like. I looked it up again. I'm like, oh, I remember that horrible face. What? Of Arca? Arca, where, where she's got like a smiling yeah. kitty face. I'm like, the face of evil. 
what's funny is like you, nobody was selling that card for like a really long time, and then like ZTBs got good, and everyone just suddenly had SPs to sell. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, be- <laughs> because those SPs were way too expensive. Like they were competing with Arsha at some point. <laughs> um, oh, that's so sick. So. At least with the three of us, we, we tend to have the consensus that for Jira, the best time to, like, for balance was between, like, GBT 9 and 12. Oh, I 100% agree with that. That was probably the most fun meta we could play because not only were the best decks good, like Nitros and Gear Chronicle, but also the underdog decks like Kagerl and Narukami and Oracle Think Tank, they were actually just solid. I never really actually thought that I could compete with Narukami on a equal basis with something like Gear Chronicle or Nitros, besides, of course, being the one deck that ruins Nitros' day. But it w- it was definitely a really good meta for, for Vanguard at the time. Yeah, and then GBT-13 comes out and everything, like, <laughs> we, 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 we did to ludicrous speed very quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, 13 itself was actually pretty okay, and then 14, I think, just went completely off the rails. And then the Bermuda uh, Triangle set after that was, like, insult to injury. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I hate that set. I hate that set. But 14 had uh, Heritage, which is a sweet card. <laughs> it was it was a sweet card, but I'm going to be honest with you. It was probably the most, it, the last Funnest card that I like to play in Gear Chronicle. I just played it. I only played it because it was mandatory to play the goddamn card. Oh but... no, I completely agree with you. It was so <laughs> nutty. Well, because like it doesn't it doesn't do anything very dynamic. It's just you. I'm just gonna strike. Like I'll fucking do it again. That's the strike. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wish that they at least did something with you getting an extra turn and just doing. Oh, I have another turn. I'm gonna swing my card sideways. Like you barely did anything that, during the second turn. It was just putting your card sideways. Maybe get another multi tech going, but you probably blew your entire load during the first turn. Yeah. <laughs> what? You're not dead already? Let me fix that for you. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh- they really like the whole giving Gear Chronicle another turn thing. There was also the GB8. Oh, right. no, 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 no. We're not speaking of that thing. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. That was a small window of time where Gear Chronicle didn't get any GRs for a, for a couple of months. It, does, <laughs> it doesn't count. All right. I believe that. Okay. So do we want to just move on to Viera then? So... Yeah, so the thing with Gear Chronicles, they've changed a little bit in Vieira, right? Yeah. What'd you say? Well, yeah, 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 a little bit is probably the best word you could describe it. <laughs> I mean, there's, I think Gear Chronicles is one of those clans that deviates the most of their original game plan. Like, even <laughs> even freaking Neo Nectar with the plan tokens could somewhat synergize with their new mechanic. And at the very least, their premium collection stride, rest in peace, Katrina, m- bridged the gap. We didn't get that. But That's yeah, the, the, the new mechanic for Gear Chronicle, which I, I'm going to be honest, at the time that they revealed it, I was actually really happy with it because it was really interesting. It's with that we have great force in our main decks that we then can search out with a specific grade three, which then mimics the stride's mechanic. And as I t- explained at the beginning of the, this podcast, that the whole stride mechanic was thanks to Gear Chronicle. So it was pretty in fiend to give this mechanic to Gears in standard and make it their exclusive thing. So it was really neat to do that. 
but the whole binding around it and then needing to bind an X amount of grades, it was interesting, but at the same time, it just made it so awkward to make Gear Chronicle actually powerful because you just were always thinking about, okay, I need a unit that binds stuff, but at the same time, it also needs to do something else, but my cards only bind stuff. So what am I going to do? Die? Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a good example. And so the original, the first um, the first set for standard for Gear Chronicle, it was interesting at the at launch, but like two, two days, maybe max two weeks after that, it was gone already because nobody was playing it. It wasn't competing with any of the decks because it was too clunky or too inconsistent because you need a lot of key pieces and even getting all that you got the extra turn which is neat but it was that extra turn was even more limited or restricted than chronophyzer heritage like if heritage was already putting your cards sideways and do nothing mystery flare was basically dead but then also i have no hand so i guess i'll die then yeah pretty much and then so it also decided to keep the whole stride mechanic, but because it's Viera and there's no G deck, you would be calling your, quote, stride from the deck to ride, and then afterward it retires itself and you re-road your grade three, yeah, which so... would get you another force gift. Yeah, that was our main pressure advantage to some extent, which is really nice because at the, at the time it was revolutionary that we could accelerate force markers not knowing that phantom uh mordred would come out like a couple of months later <laughs> but like i got so much shit of people telling me that i shouldn't complain because we could generate multiple force markers like please do you see us winning fucking uh <laughs> tournaments no then shut no. up like <laughs> But like you said, we need to run Great Force in the main deck, which at the same time lowers the consistency of the deck and at the same time also hampers deck building because we always need to facilitate Great Force. We also need to facilitate Great Freeze that can search out this Great Force. And we need cards that could facilitate getting those Great Force back into the deck because if we don't have them in the deck, we die. Or And also cards that allow us to bind stuff fast enough so our Great Force actually does something. That sounds like a lot of things a deck needs to do to even function, and it is. So sadly, <laughs> the first <laughs> sadly the first iteration of Gear Chronicle was fun, but not really good. It was very high rolling. Yeah, yes. definitely. <laughs> Probably the high roll deck at the time. And then we got Chrono Fang support. Well, there is one more card that comes in between, because we got uh, the premium collection uh, strides. Right. Okay. And this this card basically is somewhat of Bushrod telling us gear players, we're sorry, here you have at least some timely support, but at the same time it just didn't help us because yes, it was nice. It was a Metallica Phoenix that could potentially time leap more and give power to units with a time leap skill. But as we explained earlier in this podcast, the time leap mechanic was around Melon attacking for 11k pokes and then history um, uh, history uh, maker then allowing us to time leap so history maker had the time leap skill so it would get extra power but melon didn't have the time leap skill she just had a skill that allows you to fetch out a grade zero from deck meaning your main offensive card didn't get the power buff of this new strike so you were still relying on 11k pokes and in an era with 12k and 13k base now being the norm in premium, 
that basically tells us we did nothing. So to combat that, we needed force markers. So we relied on Lost Legend, which was the only solid grade three with a force marker. But because we relied on Lost Legend, we didn't have Chronojet, so we couldn't utilize Chronojet cards. I'm gonna be honest, Time Leap, the Time Leap combo doesn't need Chronojet as a hard card to activate skills, but you still lose out on valuable pieces like Delayed Blazer, which could extend your combos with two additional attacks, which also has a Time Leap skill, so it would actually be a solid beater. And you couldn't use the most powerful G-Guard in the game. It's debatable, but that's my opinion. Head around. Because you need Chronojet as a I think it's either him or Denial Griffin. The... Yeah, it, it's definitely a, de a debate between the two. And if you ask a Gear Chronicle player, it's always Heteroround. If you ask a Kegaro player or a non-Gear Chronicle player, it's going to be uh, Denial Griffin. Or depending on which card gave them the most excruciating situation in a tournament, they will say then that. Uh, which, if you're someone like Matt, it's like, I'm going to shuffle your thing and then you call a heal trigger. Cool. <laughs> Best feeling in the world. Every time. <laughs> so where that stride was interesting it just didn't it didn't do enough for the time leap deck and because it was such a specific card for the time leap deck it didn't really help gear chronicle with the whole problem where we couldn't utilize the new vr support to empower our cards in premium and because of that we were a year in premium and we were still playing ztb as if it was gbt14 and nok was a thing at the time Oh, God. And yes, I played that ZDB deck during an NLK tournament. I was playing that deck during the regional where Maxime uh, won with his NLK deck. So, Oh, you, you yeah. mean the one where we interviewed him after for yeah. the DI yeah. premium profile? Yeah, that tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle, I guess. Shameless plug. Got there. Yeah. Hey. So, yeah, that, that didn't really do anything for us. So... Afterwards, like uh, uh, I think Rootbeer said it, that we got Chrono Fang support. That was not so long ago, like mm -hmm. seven, se six months, seven months ago. And when they revealed to us that uh, Chrono Fang would return, I was honestly very... I, I was mixed because I was never a fan of Chrono Fang because I'm a Chrono Jet player. But because Standard Gears was playing around the bite mechanic, I thought, you know what? If they do this right... This could synergize with premium Chrono Fang, which already worked with the Mind Zone, and we could actually get a really strong Chrono Fang deck in premium. And then they made Chrono Fang not a ZTB and do absolutely nothing with the Mind Zone. <laughs> it's like yep. Charlie Brown with the football. Yeah. yeah. So for so for premium wise, that set was not great. Although granted, we got two very insane double R key pieces, Chrono Tooth Tigar and Ear Cop, which definitely can help in premium. But on this, but it was mainly a standard support uh, set because that set actually made Gear Chronicle viable. It actually made us meta uh, meta viable, and till this day, is actually still competing with decks that are coming out like Messiah, The Cross, and Next Stage, which is actually pr quite remarkable. That's great. Yeah. Um. So and it like meshes well with the maybe not the ZTB stuff, but the the time leap stuff in premium. The art, the there, there are some interesting things that you can uh, combo off with the cards themselves, but cr so far I have exper experimented. Chrono Fang and Rebellion don't really mix well with the premium side of things because 
Chrono Fang as a stride unit doesn't really do anything because it doesn't have the stride skill. It does allow you to get the force marker and potentially get a second force marker if you can get first, which is is actually better than the original Chrono Fang because the original Chrono Fang did almost nothing. So that was fine. But Rebellion is an awkward card because you're then stuck on a grade four. And for some reason, all the Chrono Fang support cards ask for a Chrono Fang unit and seen as Chrono Rebellion is Chrono Tiger, none of that works. Fuck. So, yeah, so that, that makes it quite awkward to some extent. But, spoiler ahead for a new stride that's coming out. With the new stride that we're going to get, there are actually some interesting things you can do with Chrono Fang and Chrono Rebellion that then can utilize old Chrono Fang support, which is actually quite interesting. Okay, when you say spoiler for something in the future, is this the thing where Boucherev is like giving you guys or content creators stuff to release, or is this like something that we Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 uh, exactly what you just said. Oh. Ooh. Uh, stay tuned for that, I guess. That's oh, cool. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, sorry, I, I thought that uh, you meant the cards that we revealed. Yeah, so we've it's already yeah, been yeah. revealed then. Yeah, yeah, it's already yeah. been revealed. Is, oh, is, the, is... the premium col- yeah. premium Collection 2 stride. Grog Rock? Grog hmm? Rock Dragon. Oh, is it? End of Battle of the Attack, Counterblast 1, Bind 4 Rear Guards, put it in G-Zone, search your deck for a grade 3 or greater... Right, it stood. It gets drive minus one and to lend a turn. Shuffle. So, what does what does this uh, mean exactly? Explain. Well, um, like I explained, where I had my little tangent uh, a moment ago, where Gear Chronicle and Standard does absolutely nothing with premium, and our whole game plan isn't the most deviated away from any clan. And Neonector, for example, had a token mechanic which actually meshed well together with their old support. And then Katrina was the bridge that gapped those two uh, playstyles. Croc Rock Dragon is basically the, the bridge we Gear Chronicle players were looking for for all for the last two years, where we could utilize the standard support and combine it with the premium support and actually start making premium-like decks where we can do weird combos and actually do something that's powerful. Because this card allows us to actually get access to our great force that we can just mash in and then get mid-battle, get access to those great force and potentially do some insane combos. We have mm-hmm. next stage that came that comes around at the same time that can then go into Chronojet, so you could have a triple Vanguard swing. We can do the whole Mystery Flare combo shenanigans where we could get multiple turns back to back to back, which is basically ZTB heritage on steroids. And you could also combine it with Fang because you bind stuff mid-battle. You can combine it with cards like Nani that can recall itself back to the field so you could basically get more rear guards to mid-battle attack your opponent. And for some reason, because this card binds your rear guards, it also synergizes with some of the Elite Four cards like Urotar, which just wants to get bind from the rear guard circle, doesn't matter how. And you had also cards like the old Chrono Dren starter that also, when it gets bound, you can fetch out Chrono Jet so you can have an actual multi-tech rearguard that then goes back to your hand so you could have potentially a great free ride. And because mm-hmm. it's searched for a Chrono Jet, no matter what, we can search out the brand new Chrono Jet with a Force Marker. Mm. Nice. Yeah. That's what I like to see. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to uh, see this on, on your channel and stuff when the... <laughs> Deck profiles come out. 
You know, there are a lot of interesting things that I'm experimenting with, and I think uh, this is probably the first time I'm going to go in-depth with the premium deck profiles themselves, because I'm mostly known for standard content on YouTube, but I think this set, with this Triton, because Bourgeois also gave me the opportunity to reveal this card, that I definitely am more um, inclined and also more excited to actually put out the premium content for this set, because we finally, finally have something fun to do in, in uh, premium with Gear Chronicle. Which sadly I couldn't say for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, you also have that uh, that promo that was revealed, a uh, mono module oh. dragon. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 witch promo, the the um... the one that's when your vanguard is placed, it gets five Ks, and if it's a grade four, you can counterblast oh. to give it a crit. Yeah, yeah, that that thing works perfectly with this comet. It also works <laughs> nice with uh, with uh, just standard. But in premium, you could give that potentially plus twenty K, so it could be like a thirty free a thirty K beater without any extra power that could be from triggers or something. It could mm -hmm. be insane. That's so sick. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it comes to English at some point. That'd be cool. Uh, so, <laughs> last little, since we're mostly caught up to the present with uh, Gear Chronicle, uh, what would you like to see from the clan in the future? Um, and uh, what do you, what was your favorite era of Gear Chronicle? Okay, so for what I want in the future, this is basically that last part that we just touched on a little bit, the Next Stage set, which basically gave us uh, Chrono Jet and Next Stage and gave us Smoke Gear and sadly the Inferior Melon. Um, I'm going to extend on that because the deck is really fun, the Chrono Jet deck with Next Stage. I want and I hope and for some reason I still believe it can be done before we go into Vanguard Overdress, aka the new season, I want to see that in January that we're going to get a next stage set version 2. So we get the final evolution of Altmal, Arsha, and Gear Groovy. So we get a Gear Groovy that's synergized with next stage to some extent, either with another restand or some extra power gain, something interesting that could work with the mechanic of Chronojet and maybe have something in the vein of the cross because they already did it with Overlord. I don't see why they <laughs> wouldn't do that with Gear Groovy as Gear Groovy originally did something like that. So I hope they're going to do something like that. And because we already and have And also Manic, because it seems like every good Gear Chronicle set gives you a resander. Basically. <laughs> I mean, it's the best type of offensive card that we could wish for. Um, but the last thing that I wish, besides Gear Groovy being a good, uh, solid grade 4 to go into, I wish that they made Melem and Upstream actually viable without relying on Up Clutch Dragon to grade 3, because they were some integral, integral parts of the Elite 4, where Upstream was a support card and Melem was an actual Elite 4 member. But as you notice, we only have Melem of the Elite 4. We're missing the other Elite Four members. We miss Uratar, TikTok, and History Maker. And I wish that be, that they introduced those cards that would then synergize with that engine to have something interesting going on. It doesn't have to be super powerful, but interesting enough to give Gear Chronicle a, another type of engine or a playstyle to add on top of what we already have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird because I'm actually pretty pleased with how like Gear Chronicle's uh, placement in standard right now, I think. I think it's pretty okay. I mean, compared to the other, there's a bunch of nonsense going on. I just want that to be in the <laughs> forefront. But I do think it's like with the with that PR, like pretty okay. It's uh, it's, defi it's definitely solid. I mean, we already have that new PR in Japan. I'm not sure if you guys seen it. That allows us to multi-attack with the discard. It's basically a quickie quickie worker upgraded. That is a mix between quickie quickie worker and ear cop, but mm -hmm. also gets called stand. 
So we could actually multi-tag by discarding it with something like, with next stage. And that promo al alone will definitely give the deck a, a lot more pushing power, but it doesn't make the deck more abusable because Japan already has the promo and next stage is just performing as well as it is here doing in the West. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the 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 thing that I was concerned about was the... Um... <laughs> the, you know, the the really dumb decks like dot in dot x and messiah. Uh, messiah you know what what other die roll decks basically <laughs> i think uh those are problems that like you know we've had decks like this before and we've you know we've made it through the the game is almost 10 years old now yeah and yeah it will it will get taken care of eventually so just you know, keep on trucking. I guess. To the yeah, future. but I just hope I just hope we get all the PRs uh, that w that Japan has uh, right. in English as well. Uh, that'd be really nice. That would be definitely nice. the most important ones because there are some PRs we don't need, but there are definitely some ones that we actually need for several several clans. Mm -hmm. So much, so much to cover. Um, and then what was the but, other thing? What was your favorite era of Gear Chronicles? Yeah, I I just wanted to go into that point. Um, my favorite era it. Um, it definitely has to be, like we said before, the era where ZTB just became a thing. So GBT11 and GBT12, that era is probably my most enjoyable time that I played Vanguard with Gear Chronicle especially. Mm -hmm. And also a little bit at the beginning when I just, um, not when I just started playing Vanguard, but the moment that I actually start playing Time Leap on a more competitive level. And this was right around the time where uh, G-Guards were already a thing. And we just got the Gears of Fate set. So basically, I played Time Leap with two different Chrono Jets. That's basically what the thing. That that era was probably the second best time because I really became infatuated with the competitive side of Vanguard and actually st started to try to win tournaments and actually try to aim for top eight. And you did. You did it. <laughs> I did it. I, I did it. I did it on a couple of times, but at least once with Gear Chronicle, which I'm really happy with. That's uh, that's great, and part of the reason why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I anything else you want to add? Um, well, for what interesting enough is for Gear Chronicle is that it's one of those clans that, on, although it definitely switched a lot of playstyles over the time, it definitely showcased that even though your clan might not be. Uh, streamlined to one uh, direction, it can definitely be competitively viable. So, with that said, there might be hope for clans like Mega Colony and Nubatama, which are just all over the place. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor Mega Colony. They, they, they really are the redheaded stepchild. The clans that haven't been like really good are like a Mega Colony, Nubatama, and those two for sure. <laughs> and it's just like neither of those clans have like. No, no, well, Nubatama has been top was, but like Nubatama hasn't. Yeah, in like standard, like Nubatama hasn't. Nubatama's oh, been insane premium. Like, hold yeah. on. But like in standard, like Nubatama and Megaholi both haven't been very good at any point. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I, <laughs> seeing them be you know <laughs> not trash would be pretty neat. 
Well, we have that that set coming out in the future, so who knows? Yeah, Gradora. Uh, Gradora is going to be revealed. In, I think uh, Gradora is already revealed. It's coming Tuesday. Well, okay, so yeah, it's coming Tuesday. So this is being released in a week, so it was revealed last Tuesday. Sure was great. <laughs> I hope. So uh, who knows how good Gradora and Darkface are going to be? Because the old Darkface is also coming back. Yeah. Oh wow. Here's hoping. And anyway, I, I'm just saying, like, I hope you know uh, every clan gets a shot at some point to be like yeah. playable. Yeah, or the king would, for would be nice. King for a day. Uh, Mr. I hope Tyler. Bermuda Triangle breaks the game again. Fuck oh, you! No, 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 <laughs> no. bad root beer. <laughs> uh, Mr. Timely, thank you so much for coming on Nexus at night. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, uh, where can people find you out there? The um, they can find me. Uh... On my uh, YouTube channel, Vanguard Insider, or on uh, tw uh, Twitter at, at Mr. Timely, where Mr. is just MR Timely. Right on. Right. Uh, we'll have links to that in the show notes for any uh, listeners who want to find them. Matt, have at it. You can find me on Twitter at Wiggums, two Gs, two Zs. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. And then you can find me at Atlas Novak, Twitter, Instagram, or you can find my other show, uh, bad reading at bad reading pod where we read terrible fan fiction to fans of the thing this week is uh featuring a nationally touring comedian or in the before times anyway bobby oliver uh and we're doing buffy the vampire slayer so get oh, ready for that God. yeah oh wait no no hang on Th this came out a week later buffy was last week this week this week it's big bang theory so oh Oh, even oh, better. <laughs> Bazinga. Bazinga, indeed. Please, no. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And I'm Mr. Time Leap. And have a good night, everybody.